Welcome back to Mandate. Today we are with Dr. Joe Moen with Origin Health in Sioux Falls. Joe opened his brand new practice two months before COVID shut the world down. We will talk about that and more today on Mandate. And welcome back to Mandate. My name is Joe Obermuller. So glad you are with us. I am here as always with my good friend, Mr. Ben Krush. What's up, everybody? How you doing today, Mr. Ben Krush? Doing great, Joe Obermuller. I, uh, I, I How are you? I'm great. And also, I say this at the beginning of every episode, I'm learning, but I'm very excited. Very excited. Uh, I think we have some, some great things to get to today. So uh, tell us about our guest today, Ben. Ooh, happy to do it. Today we have my good friend, Mr. Joe Moen. We knew each other through mutual friends. Then our paths crossed again at a local CrossFit gym. And uh, Dr. Moen is my chiropractor as well and has gotten me through a recent injury uh, very effectively. So, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Joe Moen. Great to have you here, Joe. I appreciate it. That was like the best walk-up intro that I've ever... I mean, I feel like I could... <laughs> Start you know, slapping hands, yeah. slapping some butts. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Kissing babies the whole nine yards. Hey, I got to say, we're, we are... Uh, mandate is on location today. We're actually recording uh, from Origin Health in Sioux Falls. This is a beautiful space. Beautiful facility. Yeah, I take zero credit for it. This is all my wife and the people at Canfield Business Interiors. Um Actually, my whole goal when we st- first decided we were going to open practice, like, all right, let's find one room that cost me $400, one table, you know what I mean? And we'll start small. And now we're sitting in this, This, I mean, it's beautiful. It turned out great. It's got, you know, lots of light, lots of windows. And that's what we wanted for Origin was to have a space that isn't doctory, I guess, you know, with the brown walls and the elevator music. And we wanted a place where you come in and you're like, oh, this is kind of neat. Weight comes off your shoulders instantly, and it's still a little bit of work in progress. But I feel like we accomplished that for the most part. Yeah, it looks I couldn't great. agree more. I mean, it's it's clean, it's fresh, mm-hmm. it's got greens. You know, it does. It does. It speaks healthy. Yeah, healthy, and and even more so. We just wanted to portray like hope and vibrance a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so, I think we with the light and like you said, we got a lot of natural plants around here and you know white walls and high ceiling i mean it just turned out awesome so tell us the origin of origin health joe and and including you know opening that's a big deal you're opening your brand a brand new practice that's a huge step yeah and then two months later i mean that is just unbelievable so walk us through like where where did it start the idea come from start there and then we'll go into well i was I, i was working for a clinic south of town um and my wife and I had just been kind of weighing the pros and cons of where we wanted to be as a family. Um, you know, kind of one of our, our goals throughout this whole thing, I had accrued a significant amount of student debt going to chiropractic school. And, and you know, that mountain, it's, it's hard to chip away at sometimes. Um, and my wife, bless her soul, has been working as a nurse for our whole marriage, basically carrying the marriage as we got married when I was in chiropractic school and then coming out of chiropractic school, you know, you're not making a ton of money. You're, you're starting at the ground floor. And so, um, she's worked for tirelessly for, you know, all eight years that we've been together. 
And so our goal was to, we've always kind of envisioned something like this. Um, lots of light, lots of, you know, good music, um, upbeat staff where, you know, it's, it's a place you can come into where you feel good before we even start working on you. Um, and so when, when we started researching that kind of stuff, uh, I didn't know how to start a practice. I'd always worked for somebody, which was great. I learned a ton of lessons. You know, I always talk about, I got to paid, I got paid to learn lessons on someone else's dime basically. Um, so there's, there was a lot of little blessings in, in my years at uh, my previous practice. Um, and through a series of events, we ended up parting ways earlier than I thought we were going to part, uh, which is never fun, right? Any sort of business breakup. But it was also one of those things where I had, um, I'd actually talked to a buddy a couple days after our split and one of my good friends in California. And he said, well, had you been thinking about this? And I said, yeah, we've been actually playing with this for a while. Uh, and he said, well, were you going to act on it? And I said, well, I don't, I don't know, not right away. And he goes, well, how long are you going to wait? I said, I don't know. And he goes, well, this is God just giving you a kick in the pants saying, let's go already. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Uh, and so we just, we just started running and it's one of those things you get, you find yourself with your back against the wall. You don't have a choice. You know, I got, like I said, two kids, house, mortgage, all that stuff. And I want to, as a man, you want to provide, right? You want to, you want to be that for your your wife and your family. You want to be that rock. And, and so we just started hammering it and, and, uh, it, it was quite the journey. You know, we had to cut all of our, most of our, you know, subscriptions, all that stuff, activities, memberships. I mean, the whole thing. And it was interesting too, because that summer when I was technically unemployed was maybe the most fun my wife and I had had in years. And it's crazy to think about, but you know, we had to subtract so much. And now that I look back on it, I know that when you subtract other things will come in. And for us, it was the joy of spending more time with our kids, you know, rather than feeling like we have to do all this stuff and run everywhere. Um, and then being able to meet my wife for lunch every day at McKenna park, she was working as a nurse at Avera, just those little things like, man, this is, this is awesome. So when we started designing origin and dreaming about origin, um, our goal is we have two goals, really. We just accomplished one. We wanted to be able to pick our kids up from school. We wanted the, the ability and the freedom both financially and, and, uh, employment wise for my wife that we can pick them up from school. And number two, that we aren't quite there yet is to be able to go to the grocery store and not have to look at the prices of like <laughs> organic blueberries or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just keep pressing, we just keep pushing and we, we are just trying to do it for the right reasons. We're trying to come out of a place of service and, um, not chasing the dollars and treating patients as humans versus numbers. And it's, it's been a wild ride, but I think that's one of the things that carried us through the COVID stuff was, you know, we're here for different reasons rather than trying to make a million dollars. If I happen to make a million dollars, that would be sweet, but approaching it with the right reasons from the heart, um, has, was a, that was able to, carry us through a lot of tough situations. Um, and so the origin story, we kind of 
blew out of that. We wanted we wanted a place that was different. We wanted a place that had a different vibe to it. We wanted a place that we would be able to touch on a number of different aspects of health, not only chiropractic and musculoskeletal, but nutrition, uh, movement, um, sleep, stress, you know, everything that makes up health and wellness that aren't often touched on when you go to the doctor's office or when you go to, um, you know, fill in the blank, chiropractor, physical therapist, or whoever. We want to be able to at least have some sort of impact on all those areas to not only get you out of pain, but, you know, give you a better shot at living a really healthy life. I want to go back to uh, just that moment you were talking about with your back against the wall. Mm-hmm. And that that's a really terrifying moment, I think, for all of us when we face that. And, and yet we know that on the other side of that, like you were talking about, on the other side of that are these unintended blessings or, or just things that happen that you, that you wouldn't have been able to foresee spending time with your wife and kids and, and just having that time back. But it's that moment of, of uh, being backed up against the wall and, and just that, what is that like? What was that like for you to know that you were in that place but not, but not yet be able to make the you know, like step through the door and make the decision. Like how did you ultimately? Well, it, part of it was, you know, God putting me in the spot, kicking me out the door, essentially. You know, if I'm standing on the proverbial cliff, he just gave me a nice painful shove right off of it. Um, so I just knew I had to do something and I knew I owed it to my wife who's been busting her butt for me for, or for our family for years. Yeah. Um, I take, my job as a father very seriously and I know I want to create a life and, and be someone they would look up to. So you think about the opposite side of that story. Like maybe say I would have, um, got put in that position and then just fell apart. Right. Well, I didn't want to have to tell my son about that in 10 years. Like, well, this is why. And I didn't step up to the plate. You know what I mean? I do. I wanted to, create a story or write a story that he would be proud of and my daughter would be proud of. And my wife would be able to say, you know what, that's, this is my husband, you know? And to me, that's everything, right? Um, it's cool that I get to do it in a way that I get to help other people at the same time. Um, but to, that's what really drove me. I mean, I, there was no second thought in my mind mm-hmm. and whether it was, like I said, I, I would, I would have got a job doing anything if I had to. I mean, I owe, I owed it to my family and my wife and, and essentially all of our friends and our, our extended family that have supported me all these years for me to just falter, you know, the, the ripple effect from that would have been greater than anything. And just on the equal side of that, the ripple effect of us creating this now, you know, all the relationships that we've gained from it and these little connections that we've made. And you look back, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? like man if this wouldn't have happened then I would have met this person which then this wouldn't have happened and it's just this crazy interwoven web of of really high highs and then really low lows and struggling and and the scariness and of everything uh but I also believe that you know I wouldn't I was in that position um I was put in that position with everything I needed to get through it and even though when you're in it, you know, you're praying like a madman, you know, it's always easy to pray when you're hurting. Right. Uh, and so you're praying like a madman, like, God, please just, you know, whatever's next, like, help me get to it. You know, where's the billboard telling me what to do? Uh, so 
there was a lot of that going on, but at the same time, there was a lot of um, people reaching out and so much support, which is, is amazing when you find yourself in a hole, right? As many people that could be putting down ladders to help you out. And I just think that we've, we've tried to treat people well um, inside and outside of our businesses. And, and that really comes to fruition when you find yourself stuck. And yeah, it was terrifying and yeah, it was scary and I wouldn't trade it for the world to be honest with you because, um, you know, it shaped me into wherever I am now and whoever I am now. And, you know, who knows where I would have been had it not happened. Um, but I wouldn't, like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It strengthened our marriage, strengthened my, uh, my resolve as a father and a husband, uh, it strengthened me as a business owner and and running a, a successful business and having employees and having that pressure on your shoulders and you know trying to keep them on staff in the middle of a you know covid and all that stuff so uh lots of blessings that were hard to see in the moment but we just kept pushing you know one day at a time joe so i think the natural next place to go would be to talk about COVID and how that affected you. And I do want to get there. But one thing I want to ask, the the, the next easy question is, is tell me about those highest highs. Mm-hmm. Strictly in your vision or actual implementation of your business, what was your lowest low and how did you get through it? Well, I think the lowest low was probably that initial that initial being kicked off the cliff type situation where all of a sudden you're flying or you're falling. That's probably more. So you're talking about in your previous? Yeah. At the end of, in the split between my previous practice and opening this up, um, is figuring out, all right, what's step one? Like, where do I, where do I go at this point? Where do I start? That was the lowest. And, but even lower than that was probably coming home and telling my wife what had happened. And I mean, no question. that. No question. So go into that conversation. How does that go? How do you prep yourself in the car for that conversation? And how does that conversation go at home? It makes me emotional thinking about it because I try not to. <laughs> but I remember driving home um, and just telling my wife as calmly as I could, right? Just put the kids down. I don't want to see them right now. Most because I didn't want them to see me right now uh and i'm blessed to have a wife who in that moment knew like all right it's time to be strong you know because i mean the <laughs> um you know when you're when you're you take everything as seriously as a father and a husband and then it's kind of you get on some shaky ground right uh, whether by your own doing or not, um, to have somebody who's in your corner, like no matter what, like, man, that's, yeah, that's irreplaceable. I'm sure she could, you know, sense it and hear it like, okay. Yeah. Like this is, there's something different here. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that conversation was short and I remember I just, I just drove around for, I don't know how long until I knew the kids would be down. And then going home and, and it's, it's tough. It's tough as a, as a, as a husband and a man to go home to a wife 
and then be the vulnerable one, you know, and let your guard, I don't say let your guard down because your guard is gone at that point. Uh, but you know, to, to let down everything we talk about, like being the rock, being the support for the family and all of a sudden you're not anymore and, and how weakening that can feel. Um, and again, praise be to God that I have uh, a wife who is as strong as she is and we were able to get through it together a hundred percent. But, um, it was just one of the, it was just, it was a, it was a terrible, terrible feeling, um, that many, many, many great things have grown from since then. You know, you think about like the, a Phoenix, right? Like it has to burn to the ground before it can blossom into this beautiful thing. And we talk about that quite a bit. Um, that we had, we had to go through all this stuff in order to be pushed along this road, this path that we were probably should have been on. And God just got tired of me just wandering around and slapped me upside the head, said, time to go. <laughs> this is the, what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. What an amazing image, though, of just the, the you know, how, how complementary our relationships are with our wives mm-hmm. and our wives with us, you, you know how you compliment your wife in a, in a lot of ways and, and she compliments you in a lot of ways. And this is, this was a, a really powerful example of how she stepped in to, um, to be the rock mm-hmm. in that moment and, mm-hmm. and, and fill that role that isn't exclusively yours, you know? Right. I, I really am struck by that. Yeah. And, it, and, and that's, that's a tough spot to be in. Like I said, um, and I, I recognize how fortunate I am, you know, in a world where, uh, what is it? Divorce rates are higher than they ever been. There's more single divorce than there are married at this point, um, to have a partner, you know, not only a, a wife in the traditional sense of the word, but someone who's fighting beside me every day, you know, I could rely on that woman for anything. And I know she knows she can rely on me for anything. And I, and I see that that's hard to find sometimes. Um, and even when it's there, it's hard to see, you know, it's always one of those deals where you don't really know what you had until you lost it. Or in my sense, you don't really know what you had until part of my French, but shit hits the fan and people are, th- you know, the world's throwing bows at you and you turn to your, your side and you see your, your wife and your best friend, and your partner just fighting back. Like that's, that was a, it's it's a cool thing. That is so good. I just see bo- the both of you as Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what you're throwing swords at, but you're both just hammering well, it out. Well, that's like initially when you're in those situations, you don't, that's just it. You don't know what you're doing. But all you're doing is just trying to take one step forward in any direction. You know what I mean? The worst thing you can do is just sit still. I'm a, I'm a big believer that things anything, whether businesses, relationships, um, fill in the blank. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. There's no stagnancy in anything. If a building isn't being maintained, if a tree isn't being maintained, if, uh, your car isn't being maintained, it's going to fall apart. Same thing with relationships, same thing. so when you're pulling yourself out of the hole, just do something, just move. It may not be the right thing. It could be a Typically, we don't want to do the wrong thing, but if it's just something, just get some momentum going in one direction and then ride it. And as you, if you need to course correct, you course correct. But the worst thing you do is just stand there and take it. Oh, 
it's the worst. You've been there. We've, I've been there. You've been there, right? Oh, yeah. That's the worst feeling where you're just sort of like a dead stop and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness. Can you talk to that, Joe? Do you have a moment in your head that you're thinking about? Uh, I'll have Joe to think Obermuller. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Dr. Joe. <laughs> Dr. Joe is on my left. That's right. <laughs> I'll have to think about that answer. Think about it. We'll come back to you. I think, it's, right. I think it's good. All right, Dr. Moen. First of all, appreciate you being vulnerable there. That's what our listeners want and, and need to hear. I don't know if I've really talked about it, to be honest. I think this might be the f- first time, and that's when it kind of hit me, because I don't know, I really don't know if I've, we've talked openly about, I don't think I've ever really thought about how bad it sucked. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then I thought this was supposed to be fun. <laughs> and here we are, and it's like, man, there's, there's just, there's, but it's, like I said, like I don't, and I don't regret anything that happened. No. You know, in any any situations, I'd could I wish that things have gone differently? Probably, but I don't regret it because, man, we we grew a lot and we learned a lot, and that's what the whole thing, the whole. I think that's why we're here in the first place. You know, we should be striving every day to be a little bit better in whatever facet. You know, life, finance, business, whatever it is. Like, just try to be better the next day than you were the day before, and there's. When you get punched in the face, you might try doing something different. Maybe learn a lesson or two so you don't get punched in the face again. Well, and I appreciate what you said about that as it relates to how you, you think about your, your business and how you're serving people and how, uh, you know, the things that, the things that you have here you're, you're attempting to share. And, and so when you think about it that way, like you, you've been gifted with, with unique passions and gifts and talents that aren't really for you, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're meant for other people. And so to, to hear you talk about how a lot of the decision making that's gone into, you know, this physical space that we're in right now and, and just your philosophy about your practice is really not so, so much self-focused. It's, it's about the people with whom you're treating and with whom you're in relationship with. And I think that that's what makes the difference in, in thinking about moving forward. It's like, well, I'm stuck, but, and I don't know where to go. And if you remember those things that, that you have something, you have something that that's uniquely yours that really will benefit people who desperately need that select set of gifts and talents, which is what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to see that in the moment again, right? Like when you're in the moment, you got the blinders on, you're just trying to survive. All you're doing is trying to take that next breath. Uh, but we do have a responsibility not only to our families, but to the world at general, we are, everyone has gifts and talents that are not meant for just us. Otherwise it wouldn't be a gift or a talent, right? I mean, you know, if LeBron James just doesn't play basketball, he's wasting right. <laughs> all of that talent. Right. And whether it's for me, it's, I, I've, I just have a heart to serve people. And so I'm in a good spot where I get to do that every day and make a living at it. And we're just trying to do that in many ways possible. We're trying to meet the patient where they're at. You know, there's no judgment here and bring you to a point of where maybe you're happy or, or wherever you're at. And that's when we came up with the name origin for two facets. One, we want to meet you at your spot, wherever that is. Um, and then we also want to bring you back around full circle, bring you back to the basics um, get you moving, get you eaten so that you can go out and be a better human on the other end, be a better father, husband, wife, son, citizen, 
all the other stuff because if your body is in a highly tuned state and you have all this energy and you feel good, you're going to treat people better, you know, and we can't see the ripples of that, right? Like if we go out and, and I talk about this with my staff too, we should be doing our best to impact not only our patients here, but say you're standing in line with the groceries and the, the some high school students checking your groceries out or whatever, we should treat them with as much love and grace as we would treat our patients because we don't know who they're going to come in contact with and you don't know who they're going to come in contact with. And maybe it stops there or maybe it goes on for, you know, secondary and tertiary and, and, and it keeps affecting all these people. And we don't know how far that goes, but it's our responsibility to drop that pebble in the water to start creating those ripples. And maybe they turn into waves or maybe it dissipates. But it's our responsibility with our gifts and our talents and all that stuff to start that. And it's helpful to have people remind you. You said, I don't know, earlier in the conversation, your whoever your friend was was like, hello, this might be... Yeah, this might be the, the <laughs> open door that you have been patiently walking around and finally got pushed through. Yeah, and it's great. And that's that's what it all comes down to. It You know, life is... is is easy when you have people in your corner that you trust and you love and you know that they trust and love you. And that's not to say that it's not going to be painful, right? I mean, because we all know life is going to be painful and there's going to be suffering no matter what, no matter where you are, who you are and what you do, there's going to be suffering. But if you have a good tribe behind you, it can take the, the edge off a little bit and at least get you through. Okay, so where I was going with that, was, you know, we want to give our audience a, a little bit of a window into your life. And so that's why I was appreciating you being vulnerable because mm -hmm. we want to give them the permission to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. Like if, if this is happening to Joe Moen and it's happening to me, but I haven't been able to have that conversation with my wife. Now I have permission to do that. Mm -hmm. So now let's go, let's flip that coin. What was the moment? when you were like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Or you were on top of the mountain and like, I'm more than okay. What does that moment look like? So the first one, the moment where we realized we were going to be okay, was probably two days later, to be honest. Uh, we had just, when we were sitting down, like, all right, next steps here. Like, what do we got to do? Um, we kept talking about worst case scenarios. So, if we start a practice, what's the absolute worst thing that can happen? And, you know, back then, this is this is 2019, and we were like, worst case scenario is there's some crazy event that shuts down the practice. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Was that really a part of the worst case? Out. Worst case scenario is something happens, the practice has to close, we're done, we're out all this money, we have to sell the house. But the worst case scenario wasn't that bad because say we do, say something did happen to the practice, we have to close, it falters, we have all this invested, we have to sell the house. Well, we sell the house, the debt gets repaid, we're done with that. I'm in, I can go do what, I'll push brooms if I have to. So worst case scenario isn't that bad. We'll, we'll find a place to live. We have friends and family who would support us. I can work, I'm physically able to work. Kel still has a job. Our kids are healthy. We're not gonna starve. So worst case scenario was like, oh, nobody's going to die, you know? And so that gave us a lot of confidence going like, oh, let's just go for it then. You know, it, if the worst case scenario isn't that bad, then why not? The risk to benefit ratio, 
well, there's a lot of benefit on the other end and there's always risk. Like, don't get me wrong, but you know, it's not like we're prototyping a plane that I might die in or something. I mean, it's just, yeah, we, we change our lives a little bit, but we make it through and we start over whatever we're doing next. So that was, I, we hit that realization shortly thereafter. And then that started a number of months of, of actually quite a bit of fun of building this thing with my wife, talking to, um, the, the business interior people and starting to see our, you know, we walked in with basically three different, three visions of what we wanted to look, you know, we wanted to be hopeful. We wanted to be full of light and fun, like a high energy place. And somehow they're able to take abstract words and put them into a 3d machine and poof, like, what does that look like? I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. Um, so that was the, the first moment where I was like, you know, th- we're going to be fine. It hurts, but yeah, I mean, if, if, you know, if everything falls apart, we still got our family, we still got our kiddos, we still have each other and we'll move on to the next thing. Um, second part of your question, like where did it, when did I realize that this is like, we're kind of on, on top of the mountain type thing? I would say that was fairly soon in the practice, just seeing the amount of people that we, that came not even to come get adjusted or to be like a paying patient or anything, but just showing up and giving us big hugs and congratulations. And the amount of out outpouring was, I mean, that brings tears to a guy's eyes too. Cause you know, you, you figure out real quick that you're not alone. And that's a credit to my wife. That's a credit, you know, not to be, but that's a credit to how we treat people because we've always tried to treat people with, with kindness and grace and, just trying to be a support for when other people have needed us. And it's just funny how when your world's falling apart, all of a sudden these people come out of the woodworks and we have, we're not asking for nothing, but they just, is there anything I can do? I mean, I had patients calling me saying, I'm happy to come if you need like help building stuff. I'm like, no, like, awesome. <laughs> we have it taken care of. But that was probably the, the coolest moment was that those first early months pre COVID where it was, it was just, we were just riding this wave of optimism and, and support. And uh, it was it was truly, truly humbling. Absolutely. I really hope that your story and, and COVID and what it's done to the economy and people's businesses, I hope we flip a switch. Mm-hmm. And my dream for kind of a community ecosystem is that we start making it regular practice to do exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Like it should be normal that the the day that a business opens, my friends and family should just be all around me, mm-hmm. right? And I should, you know what, maybe going to Joe to get my back adjusted is a little bit more expensive than what I'm used to, but he's my friend. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to choose him because he's my friend. And we've seen all these businesses just fall off. Well, eventually there's going to be growth there again. And I really hope that our community and communities across the country will back up the people that their their local community supports. Well, I think we saw glimpses of that. We saw, it, you know, we live in, I think Sioux Falls is, we are super fortunate to be in as a small business community. Just the amount of outreach and the outpouring, you know, the city government had, had put in place, like support local programs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we see glimpses of it, like, you know, Dave Portnoy's thing with Barstool, you know, raising, what are they, at, like $40 million or something and covering costs for... Doing it the right way. Yeah. 
doing it the right way, and just and just taking care of people, humans. You know, they're we're not they're not numbers, they're not patients, they're humans. And when you look at it through that lens, then all you know, everything's on the table at that point. You know, because that person, whoever, you know, the guy who owned the restaurant that shut down and they got family too. And I know exactly how that feels. And so it's my responsibility now, because I've been lifted up and held up to go help that guy out. And then hopefully he passes it on to the next one. Um, but I think, I think we're there. And I think a lot of those, I think there's so many of those stories that we just don't ever hear about because it's not newsliney catchy right we the news likes conflict and that's all about love and and brotherhood and uh i think in in the when times are tough like that 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 comes outpouring as much as it can but you got to do the i mean in our situation you got to you got to treat people right so that and not only not in the, not with the expectation that I'm looking for something in return, right? It's the right thing to do to write, to help the person. And it always comes back around. And so when we needed it, there's this community just eager to help support us. And now we owe it to the next person. Um, but I think there's a lot of beautiful stories like that, that we just aren't aware of. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, maybe, maybe those stories and those people wanting to help, aren't looking for the publicity or anything like that. And so it's coming from a place of, of, of love in the first place. Um, but yeah, it, especially with the whole COVID thing, you know, the amount of businesses, what did they say? Half of somewhere around half of small businesses aren't coming back. That's a lot of families who just had the rug pulled out from underneath them. And um, it wasn't easy for us either. You know, there was during March and April, my goal was to just see one person in a day. <laughs> like if we can just serve one person, then we made it to the next day. And there was a few days where we saw one person and I'm trying to be Mr. Mr. Optimistic and Mr. Tough guy, you know, for my, for my employees and, and for my wife. I'm like, no, we're trying to keep that eye on the prize type thing. But man, that is tough to maintain when you see one person a day knowing we got bills coming and, and rent due at the end of the month and loan payments and employee wages and all that stuff. Um, but you just, you just like, like we talked about earlier, you just once one foot in front of the other, let's make it to tomorrow and then let's make it to the next day and regroup and do it again. I really hope that what translates through this story and through the stories that are going to continue to be prevalent in at least our podcast is the idea of that these businesses are not owned by these people that live in Cabo, right? These are, these are small businesses run by humans, human people. We talk about it all the time on our podcast. It comes, it comes along all the time that we are not robots. They're human, they're human people with human emotion, human problems, human victories, and we need to start looking at businesses through that lens rather than looking at your logo. It needs to be my friend Joe owns a business. Well, and, and that's easy to do when you're looking at the small business world, I think. It's harder to do when you go shopping at Costco or sure. Walmart or whatever. And those are all run by humans too. You know, they employ a lot of people 
and they're supporting a lot of families and bringing a whole nother generation into the world that they're financing essentially. Um, but when you're in small town, semi-small town, rural-ish, where a lot of people, a lot, I mean, we talk about in South Dakota, one degree of separation, right? And you know, I know someone you know, and all of a sudden we're best friends and let's go have a beer. Uh, but it's personal. And, and like you said, those are, those are humans on the other side. And they have kids just like me. And those kids have dreams just like my kids have dreams. And that guy is in the, that guy is trying to be his, the, the husband to his wife, just like I am. And, you know, strip away the race, sex, creed, the whole nine yards. And we're all the same person. And so we should all treat each other like that. That's good. Joe, did you, uh, did you think about your, about my answer? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I mean, I think I have lots of examples, um, which all kind of center around the same theme because it's part of my personality to just to hold on to, to, you know, to hold on to relationships or commitments or, or jobs or whatever well past their expiration date. Cause I just want, I just, I just am always like, nah, it's probably me. You know, nah, this, if I just, if I just keep doing this, it will change, you know? And so that can go on and on and on and on and on. So th I think that's my version of back against the wall. It's like finally admitting, you know, and I can think of this with previous jobs that I've had where it's like, I probably needed to make this decision six months ago, but I have agonized about it for six months. And so as I've gotten older, I've learned to recognize that sooner <laughs> so that I don't waste all that time when there's probably something beyond that, that wall that I, that I need to be getting to. Well, and for me, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned that I approach now in a number of situations is I don't want to have to get kicked in the butt again. So when opportunities and doors open in front of me, I'm just jumping through them at this point. Um, my one word for this year, so we do, a, we pick a, a word for every year that we, through my, uh, through a mentor of mine and a coaching company that I subscribe to. And my one year word for this year is jump. Because if God doesn't have to smack me upside the head again, because that really hurt, right? I like to avoid that next time. So I'm going to open the doors and see, oh, that, that, I feel like this is the way we're supposed to be rolling in this and we'll see how that goes. But rather than just sitting on my hands and pretending like everything is supposed to be where it's supposed to be going or playing ignorant or something, um, I'm just jumping now. And rather than, so the back against the wall thing, I don't, I don't want to get in that spot again. Right. Uh, jump. I like it. Uh, you know, this has been one of the most hopeful conversations I've had in a while. <laughs> Thank you. Dr. Joe. Well, I'm glad that my my pain and <laughs> sorrow could Isn't that how it works? That. That's, That's how, how that it works. always works. I mean, you know, a new forest can't grow until the old one burns down. That's right. Uh so I'm I'm a I'm a big believer nothing happens for a reason. Uh it's our choice whether we want to act on it or not. And if I can if my story can help, maybe there's someone out there who's who's feeling those same pains and and lack of direction and not knowing what to do. Um, if my story can help them make it till tomorrow, then, you know, that's a win in my book. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a win, um, we've been having a great time hearing from a lot of you, uh, 
through email and other other ways, mandate.pod at gmail.com. We've been hearing from you and getting a lot of awesome questions. Uh, so, Mr. Krush, you wanted to get to a couple of these today. I can't wait. Uh, so, yeah, have uh, our first listener question from Josh Green uh, sent us an email. So, uh, Dr. Joe, we're going to give this question to you, and this is uh, relational. Perfect. Okay. So... Uh, Josh seems to be a, a younger individual, uh, and he wants to break it down all the way to the bottom of dating and relationships. So we're just going to take, he sent a couple questions. We're just going to hit on, on one. So when you're out in the dating world, um, how do you tell, how do you get into that conversation face to face? You know, we're, we're talking about younger people here who do everything via their phone. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be put in an opportunity where you have to do it physically, a conversation that is. How do you tell a one, uh, a young woman how you feel about her? How does that manifest itself? I think the key to any relationship is vulnerability. Like I can't be, I can't be real with you. People can read when you're being fake. You know what I mean? When you're feeding them a bunch of malarkey or whatever you want to say. Um, people can tell that. So, and side point, I'm so glad I found my wife before <laughs> the the phones and the online dating. And I was talking about the other day with a friend of mine, like, man, like, I don't know, wh- where do you start these days? You know? Um, so I'm just thankful for that. But I think it all starts with vulnerability. And so just opening up and being honest, you know, and if that's opening your heart a little bit and, you know, and to be honest, I think that's where a lot of men go wrong. And that was me for sure. Right. Mr. Tough football player. Like I, I'm macho man. And I just kept finding myself in really crappy situations. Like, man, something's got to change. And the girl who I was dating at the time who ended up being my wife. I had to have a hard conversation with this guy. And yeah, I come, I, I had to open up and be really vulnerable and man, it feels so much better as soon as you are. So to Mr. Green, the question was, how do you tell a young woman how you feel about her? You just be honest. That's good. That's have, it's good. Do you have anything to, to add? Joe yeah, Mula? No, no, I think that's, that's brilliant. I mean, uh, to, to try to create a version of yourself that you think other people are going to like and be attracted to is a fool's errand. So you got to start, you got to start with the truth and, um, and come out, come, come at it that way. And, uh, and I think relationships just naturally evolve. Mm -hmm. And if you're starting from a place of honesty and, and, uh, vulnerability, then you have a better chance at, at being able to discern well and the hard part with it, the hard that. part with the vulnerability is you might get your heart crushed <laughs> that's right <laughs> yep but you're going to learn something along the way and your 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 conscious and your heart's going to be clear at that point cuz then if you don't go through that you're not ready for the next thing that's coming so you be honest you be vulnerable if she's about it it's going to be awesome if she's not about it it's probably going to sting but you're going to be ready for the next one coming too. You know, that's how it, that's really how it happened with my wife. And, and it's, that's a story for another day. Cause it's kind of a long story, but we, we uh, reconnected after several years 
and I, I always really liked her and and I always thought there would be something more there. We met in college and, and I, I liked her and she thought I was kind of like her brother and wasn't interested. And, and so that was so painful, you know? So then several years later we reconnected and, uh, I just, I just sort of determined that if, if God intended for this thing to happen, that it didn't, that it didn't matter what I, I, I didn't need to present some version of myself that, that I thought was better than the version that's real. And so when we got back together and, and reconnected after all this time, I just started, I started back up with her with, with like the end of the story. You know, I was just like, here's, here's how the last six years went. And it was like, told her the truth about all this stuff that had happened in, in life and all this stuff. And um, that made all the difference. I mean, it was like, from that night forward, I, I knew that she was it. Like I knew we were going to get married. It was just like, Oh man, this is the woman for me. I can't believe that that just happened. It was yeah. So authenticity is everything, you know? And like I said, people can, you can smell a, that from a mile away and you just had to be authentic with her knowing that you might get crushed. That's right. And fortunately it went the other way for you, but it took you being vulnerable and willing to get hurt and just, shooting your shot proximity vulnerability and now authenticity that's right that's the key to relationships not just with females but with males so the only thing i would add to to the story is a comment that dr joe made and that was you it might sting you also as a male which we like to people please a lot of us do also need to have the courage to do a little stinging yourself Right, you might hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. Not saying I, not saying we should be. I think women have all the power, by the way. So, just well, I, I want to. I have to preface that. That goes without saying. However, if it's not working, it's not working. Don't force a, a round peg into a square hole. It's just not going to work. So, be be okay with the the dating mechanism. Mm-hmm. Right, you're both trying to figure it out. So, mm-hmm. hitting with vulnerability staying in close relationship proximity and being authentic in all conversations, I think is, uh, is key. And you're going to win at that point. Yep. So Josh, huge uh, shout out to you, my friend. Thank you for sending us uh, some remarks. We have had un unbelievable, uh, response to this podcast and we are so very thankful. We literally could just keep asking questions, uh, because people are, are giving us good feedback on what you're hearing. Don't stop doing that, please. Reach us at mandate.pod at gmail.com. Currently, you can find us at Instagram, uh, and that is mandate at mandate pod. Uh, if you are uh, any of your podcast platforms, we found out there's a couple different mandates out there. So look for our orange thumbnail uh, that says mandate and check us out. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, but more importantly, Uh, please interact with us. Uh, And if you like what you're hearing, uh, share a text with someone uh, or just uh, shoot them our podcast itself. We'd like to to get this word out to as many people as possible. But the goal's always been, if we get one, we will have one. And that's the end of another mandate. We'll see you next time.